I am uh, your deputy editor, uh, Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, here for part two, uh, we are breaking down uh, the next two games of uh, the Steelers' uh, opening four uh, on the schedule. Of course, we already broke down uh, uh, Denver and New York. Now we're moving into Houston and then uh, wrapping things up with Tennessee. Uh, a little bit of AFC South action um, at the very end here. Um, before we even get into that, again, I want to mention that uh, the BTSC Survivor League is back for another season. Um, if you guys are interested in uh, competing uh, in Survivor League fantasy football, um, you can compete against us, the BTSC staff, as well as uh, your compadres in the live chat and the readers of our website. Uh, head over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, whenever whenever we're done here to uh, to get into the Survivor League and uh, have a chance to win a signed Marquis Pouncey football. Jeffrey, back to you. Um, the Houston Texans, uh, are they the best team that the Steelers will face in their first four games? I actually think they might be the worst. Ooh, okay. I, I am not a fan of what Houston has going on. Uh, their offseason wasn't the best. Of course, the trade, the trade, uh, when you trade one of the best players in the NFL for Brandon Cooks. <laughs> no, uh, Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy, I, yeah. They just slipped my mind. Wow. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins gone. Like, what, what are you doing? Um, Watson is a, is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, but other than that, like, what do they have? They got JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson and pieces. They do. I like you look at their receiving core for me. It's one of the spots I looked at, um, breaking this down and really thought, wow, those are some names. If it was 2016, <laughs> yeah, uh, if they could return to that form, wow, they'd be outstanding. But I'm not really expecting that. Uh, I, I do want to open this up in the live chat. Nico uh, Suave, I believe. Um, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But he says, Bill O'Brien single-handedly trying to ruin that team. Do you think that is the case? Is there a method of this guy's madness, or is he just absolutely lost it? It's it's an interesting roster he's building. He's got a bunch of deep threats, and then his running backs are two pass catchers. Like, <laughs> like David Johnson yeah. – Okay, yeah, and Duke Johnson, you're like, well, that's the same. This is the same guy. You got two of the same guy, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's his game plan. Maybe his plan is, you know, stretch the field and throw underneath the running backs, and somehow that's going to work in the NFL. Well, maybe he knows something that everyone else doesn't. Um, but uh, speaking of David Johnson, of course, that wrist injury really held him back. Kerry, uh, uh, Kenyon Drake uh, took his job in Arizona. It, does he still have it? Is he is he far and gone? Is he like DeMarco Murray was uh, in Philadelphia at this point? I think he's still a very valuable receiver. Uh, I don't think he's, he's going to be a, a steady runner like he was early on in Arizona. That didn't last long. Uh, he couldn't physically hold up on that, but he is still a good receiver as Terrell Edmonds and Joe Hayden learned in uh, Arizona last year when he, when he put a touchdown on, put a touchdown over Terrell Edmonds. Um, he, he's can still do it. Uh, I think Duke, Duke Johnson's can still do it. They're, they're going to be receivers. The question is what can they do as runners? Uh, and I don't 
I don't see that working very well with those two guys as, as your running backs. I don't see the running game being anything to really, you know, get, hang your hat on. And with the receivers they have, that's, that's going to be rough. Right now um, with this team, um, they're obviously their best player and someone who is an MVP candidate, one Deshaun Watson. Uh, he might struggle to uh, to bring home an award like that with the roster around him. But how do the Steelers stop a quarterback of his caliber? I think that's uh, he plays right into the strengths of the Steelers' defense. His mobility uh, is, is kind of negated. The Steelers with Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt and, and the guys inside, they do a great job of getting pressure while keep maintaining uh, a hold on the – while maintaining pocket integrity and keeping the quarterback kind of trapped. So they kind of trap you in there and just you just have to face the pressure – and I think that plays into their favor. Uh, Watson's not the tallest guy either. So I, I think keeping him in the pocket and uh, and pressuring that pocket, making him uncomfortable in that pocket, and T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree coming around the edge, that's that's the secret to, to facing Deshaun Watson, and that's what the Steelers do best. Right. Now, um, with this, this game, really, it, it's the Watt Bull. Um, one of the tough things uh, here uh, – it will be in Pittsburgh, but it does fall under that classification of their first two games in Heinz Field. I know the Watt family's a little upset whether or not uh, their family can be in attendance of that one because, of course, it's the first time all three Watt brothers have been on the field at the same time. Uh, since they've been professional football players um, before college, I, I don't even know high school, even before that, just because uh, JJ's a, a few years older than both uh, Derek and TJ. I don't know if it's necessarily ever happened in, in a single game before, but um, of, of course this is a big one. Sorry to Derek on this question, but um, who's having the bigger game, uh, JJ or TJ? I'm going to go TJ. Uh, mm-hmm. JJ is, when healthy, the better player. Uh, when he is fully healthy, but TJ has a team around him. Like JJ's their defense. JJ is the Houston Texans defense. Uh, they, the, I was actually on the uh, SB Nation site for the Houston Texans, and they had an article about how when JJ Watt played last season, they were a mid-level uh, pass defense, and when he did not play, they were one of the worst three pass defenses in the NFL. Uh, and that was it. Like, if he was – was he active for the game? If he's active, they're they're in the middle of the pack. If not, they're awful. So he he has that level of talent still, but also he's all they have. He's really all they have. So you can put help his way. You can even double team him. You can scheme entirely to stop J.J. Watt and know that the rest of that team isn't that much of a threat. Right, and I, I was uh, really looking at this defensive roster, and I, I couldn't help to think it's probably the worst of the first four uh, defenses they play uh, to k- kick the season off. Do you think it's the worst defense they're facing the entirety of this season? It could be, especially if J.J. Watt gets hurt. If J.J. Watt goes down, this defense is, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it's Houston's going to be bad. So, uh, so if, J- if J.J. Watt is there, they're all right. Um, if he's not, then I, I would say, yeah, it's probably going to be one of the worst defenses they face all season. Uh, is there any noteworthy names on that defensive side uh, that's not uh, J.J. Watt? No one stands. I mean, even like Jonathan Joseph, you'd hear about him. He'd have some good games and some – he's gone. Like yeah. every, It's like 
anything they had is gone. It's 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 just pieces. It's little. It's it's pieces, but there's no real there's no real core to the to the defense. So if Ben Roethlisberger were to have a one four hundred yard game uh, this season, uh, would you say the this uh, game against the Houston Texans is the the one he'd do it in? It could be. It could be if Deshaun Watson is is like just determined to do his best and is playing well against us and is kind of you know putting points on the board. Uh, then yeah, you could definitely see Ben Roethlisberger just the Steelers just be like, all right, Ben, open it up, <laughs> you know, let's go. Uh, especially, it'd probably be we could see that being his biggest game of the early season, uh, just because week one on the road, I, ex- I don't expect them to push Ben Roethlisberger too much, uh, and then week two you get those safeties for Denver. This this is the first game you could I would really expect to be hit, hit a game where Ben could really go off. Right. And you know what? I think this is the game. I think we'll see him really start to shake the rust off and really kind of open it up and uh, look like a, more of a Ben Roethlisberger of old. Um, do you see any uh, other key matchups in this game? Uh, just their deep threats. Uh, it's, it'll be, I, I always love when you're facing two or three guys that can go deep on you. I don't think there's much left for uh, Devontae Adams. I think that's their old guy they got. Devontae Adams is uh, Green Bay. Green Bay, yeah. Who did they get? Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, yeah. I was thinking, who's, who's the guy? They got Randall Cobb. It's like, okay, Brandon Cooks, uh, Will Fuller, you know, Kenny Stills. They got a bunch of guys who are solid deep threats. And then those running backs underneath. So, again, you're getting uh, – no, that's the – that's. I just switched teams there. Nope. No, I didn't. You got them all. You've got you've got those deep threats and you've got those linebackers, you know, trying to cover those running backs. Uh my 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 key for the Steelers offense was don't suck. Just just don't come into that game and play your worst game of the season. Just don't mm-hmm. do that. And and you've got this. <laughs> Well, if they do got this, then that would make them 3-0 to start that year by both of our accounts. Um, yeah. Is that uh, exactly what you're calling here? I, I think that one is. I think this is going to – I think Houston's going to be ugly. Uh, I think that game's going to be bad because I think you're going to see TJ just go off. I think you're – we, we're, we're hearing a lot about TJ and how he looks significantly better than he did last year in camp. And – as good as he was last year, he could be going off and the chance to go face his brother and just put up a huge game would be bragging rights he would have for the rest of his life. He could always be like, yeah, remember 2020? You know, <laughs> we're, we're how'd you do? I had seven sacks that game. What'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do, JJ? I had seven sacks. Like, I could see TJ absolutely going off. Um, I think we'd probably see a defensive touchdown in that game. Ooh. I, I am really predicting that to be a game where this defense goes off. Mark the tape. <laughs> Although I, I do kind of I, – I tend to agree with you on this one. Uh, I, I feel like that's exactly what we're uh, about to see, and I'm really excited for that. Um, if T.J. Watt can go off in the Watt Bowl, um, that uh, that would be what leads off every highlight reel across the country, across the continent – uh, for at least uh, for at least the next week, so I'm excited for that one. One of the weird things, though, is and I know they don't flex the early year. It's not one of those primetime matchups. And the Watt brothers, uh, like I know it from writing articles. If you include T.J. Watt in the headline, it's doing about ten times the amount of reads as uh, just about any other player on this team. Yep. Uh, 
why exactly did uh, did they get left off of the primetime schedule? I don't know. I think I honestly think that's dumb. Yeah, like, that's a that's the Watt Bowl. Like it's JJ versus and TJ, uh, and, yeah. and it is kind of yeah. And also Derek, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Watt brothers and their brother Derek. Yeah, um, but. I wish it was in prime time because really I think we're going to see TJ have just an incredible game and facing off against JJ in a prime time game and just going off and putting up insane stats is how you really start a defensive player of the year campaign. That's how you do it. You know, you get on prime time and that kind of a thing and and you just take your brother who's won what two defensive player of the Three. year? Three? Three. Three. And just, just be like, what? You know, I'm that much better than you now. It's my time. Exactly. A lot of those individual player awards, I don't think it's one of those things that people really note as much, but a lot of those are won within the first eight games of the season. And then if guys put on cruise control, they still usually have it locked up. I think that's kind of one of the things that happened with Stefan Gilmore. Because uh, I do think he trailed off as the year went a year ago, but his first eight games were so great. That's what the voters were uh, really kind of thinking on. They had their minds made up for that award. Uh, from from the Steelers by week on, really. And yeah. uh, it was unfortunate for TJ, but that, that's just kind of how it goes. And he, he has to explode. And this is one that I think will get some national attention, uh, regardless of it being in that uh, primetime spot or not. Uh, both of us picking <laughs> uh, the Titans to win, correct? Wait, what did you say? Both of us are picking the Titans to win here? We're, we're moving on the Titans? Uh, Texans, uh, same, right? <laughs> we're, we're, I don't think I'm fixing the Texans to win this one. Oh my goodness! The steel. Wow, <laughs> English. We're picking the Steelers to win game week yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. You got it out for me. Thank you. Whew. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to the next game and pretend that never happened. But um, (laughs) the Tennessee Titans are uh, the Cinderella team of 2019. Uh, Teams are typically not uh, the Cinderella for two years in a row, but um, could could they potentially do it? Are they the spoiler again? Well, they they changed over a few personnel, but they have very similar team to what they had last year. Uh, it's gonna be tough. You usually don't see a running back that dominant two years in a row very often. Derrick Henry could do it. Uh, if anyone can do it, he could. But you also don't see a quarterback have a season like Ryan Tannehill had two years in a row very often. Uh, that's more likely the one to regress towards the mean. Uh, the defense is, is still going to be solid, but they they were good but not great last season. They were they were borderline top ten. So I think I think they're going to be good. Uh, they could slip into the the wild card spot again, but they're going to be one of those teams. I think they're getting a little bit of hype because of what they were able to do in the postseason last year, knocking off the Ravens, uh, but. I don't. I, I see. I think they're going to be in that same similar kind of spot again. Uh, not only not quite as good. Right now, 
The Titans stole that last uh, playoff spot away from the Steelers right at the very end of the season. Is there any extra motivation on uh, the Steelers' behalf uh, in this one, uh, going up against a team that uh, effectively bounced them out of the playoffs a year ago? I don't. I don't think they'll. I don't think that'll really register with them. It could, uh, but they didn't face the Titans. You know, that's not a team that they've actually gotten to face. I, I think they'll they'll be fired up for the matchup just because that's their first big AFC opponent. Um, if I remember the Titans don't have a tough early schedule. Someone I was looking at someone didn't have a tough early schedule, and I I didn't actually mark it down, but. Uh, they could. They they are they are one of the favorite teams in the AFC. Um, so they, it could it could be considered a big matchup, and I think the Steelers will show up for it. Right now, one of the things with Derrick Henry, um, of course, he's been a beast. Uh, he made Earl Thomas look like an absolute fool until we learned he actually is a fool. Um, but he's done a lot of great things. But some of his stats have been really inflated the last two years by having extremely gigantic uh, rushing uh, games late in the season. Last year he had a 200-yard game. The year before, I I think he followed up a 200-yard game with like a 180-yard game, something like that. Is he really that good? Of course, he started his career really slow. Uh, Or is he just a guy that uh, um, is viewed so highly because he's had some really great games that have bumped him into that 1,000-yard category? He's good. I think he's a really good running back. He he's one of the better running backs in the NFL, but that's not, you know, what it used to be. He's not, uh, he's not an all-time great. He's he's gonna get his yards. He's gonna do well, but I do not expect him uh, to to be that kind of dominant runner. I, I think he, we're gonna see a kind of a more down year. Uh, he and he also starts slow, like he he tends to start season slowly. And then, then pick it up as the season goes on. Like you said, pull off a couple of really big games late to to pad those rushing yards. So I think we could see we we could see him not have quite the start you know that he had to finish to last year. Now Ryan Tannehill's uh, another one of those guys that uh, when it comes to Cinderella, he comes in, takes Marcus Mariota's job, and he looks really good and earns a giant contract for himself. Can we see a repeat of that again, or was that his 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 height? Does it get any better than 2019 Ryan Tannehill? I don't think it gets better uh, simply because that's hard to match. I mean, it's hard to match the kind of season he had: 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's incredible. Um, and his efficiency numbers. If you dig into his advanced metrics, he was one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL when before last season he was one of the worst consistently like he just kind of went from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile and and his deep balls that has a lot to do with aj brown of course aj brown helped him improve a lot but it also seems kind of due for regression um i think the schedule won't do him a whole lot of favors either he is going to play some teams that are are going to be strong uh, against against him as well Take a like taking away his deep passes, taking away stuff from AJ Brown. I think the defenses he's going to face will be better. Right now, speaking of AJ Brown, this is a really big matchup. I'd say in those uh, second year uh, receivers. Of course, uh, 
when it comes to this national media, a lot of uh, a lot of the names getting all the hype out of the second year guys. AJ Brown, of course, being one. Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson is not getting a whole lot of love here. Uh, do you think AJ Brown is hands down better than Deontay Johnson, or is uh, Deontay just getting completely overlooked? I actually think AJ Brown is just better. Uh, AJ Brown has the look of a legit like superstar. Um, and Deontay, Deontay is going to be good. Don't get me wrong. And his ceiling is still really high. There's, there's potential for him to be phenomenally good. Uh, but AJ Brown, AJ Brown could be like an Terrell Owens type player. He's, he's, he has, he, he has access to that kind of, you know, level of play. Uh, so he could, he could turn into that kind of a guy. I, I think he is on another level compared to Deontay. Wow. That, uh, that is some high praise for AJ Brown. Um, I, I would have to agree. Uh, he's looked outstanding. I think he really is the cream of the 2019 receiver crop. Um, the defensive side of this team, though, some huge losses. Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan, who we mentioned earlier, the newest uh, New York Giant. Now, are they going to be as good as they were defensively a year ago? They do have some big losses. Um, were, are they able to fill those shoes? I Largely. Um, there are some question marks there. They are saying they have guys that can step up and we'll see, you know, it's one of those questions when guys look like they're going to step up, who knows? They had players they lost that really stepped up under their system. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if they can just replace them like that. If it's more the system or if it's more of the players, um, I'm, I'm a big Mike Rabel fan. So <laughs> I think Tennessee's defense is going to continue to be good. I think, I think they will continue to be good. Uh, but they're not. They're not a top three defense. They're not in contention for that kind of category. Uh, you mentioned the loss of uh, Ryan. I think that is a spot where they could be vulnerable, where where Juju in the slot, where we, we go three wide receivers and we can kind of get some stuff going on them. Uh, but they, they're a good defense, not a not – they're a very good defense, not a great defense. Right, and you mentioned Mike Drabel. Uh, where does he land – on the list of uh, this, these young uh, head coach hierarchies? I think he's one of the better ones. Honestly, of all the younger guys, I would put him – I'd put him in top top three. Is he like know, the, he's in that category. He's right up there. He's, he's going to be really good. Would you say he's like the defensive Kyle Shanahan or uh, Sean McVay? I think, I think he's better head coach than they are. Those guys are like – they have their offense – and you know whatever else happens, that's that's their thing. Uh, Vrabel has that defense, but he's also, I think, a better head coach. He's got the the right kind of head coach mentality. Um, but he was he played for two really good head coach guys that let their coordinators work. You know, knew knew what they were doing, had their own input, but also knew how to, you know, also let people work and, and motivated the team. One of the things I love watch Mike Vrabel coach. Uh, is when he's uh, when all his guys are in pads and he's just he's in the drills with these guys in pads, just hitting them back or or, or he's yelling at, at them to hit him harder. He he is kind of crazy in that sense, but you know what? Seeing a coach that hands on, it's got to be motivating for those guys. Yeah, he re- he reminds me of his two coaches. Like he has a bit of Belichick in him, and he also has a bit of Cower. Like he has a bit of that Bill Cower. Like I'm gonna jump my chin out, dive in the pile, and we're gonna we're gonna win this thing. Yeah, uh, and I love that. I love that. Mike Vrabel is one of my my probably my second favorite coach in the NFL right now, behind Tomlin. 
Wow. Glowing remarks. Now, <laughs> I'm definitely a, an offensive guy, so uh, I think I'd lean more to those uh, West Coast guys and myself, but uh, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, what where are we uh, looking at for key matchups? Key matchups. Uh, Devin Bush and Vince Williams facing off against, uh, against Derrick Henry. Um, one of the interesting things the Titans do, even though they don't really have, you know, uh, high numbers for their receiving tight ends, is they put them in the slot. They move them out of the – they're not like an inline power team. Their tight ends go out and play in the slot. They like to go big and spread teams out anyways. And they'll, they'll put your tight end in the – they'll put their tight ends in the slot and then run. Uh, they do really good at that. It, it makes it really hard to match up with them, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on the linebackers again. If the tight ends are out in the slot, do you put Vince Williams on them? Do you move Devin Bush out there into the slot and let you know Henry run, knowing Devin Bush has been pulled out of the box? Uh, there's a there's a do you take Vince Williams out and and put in a you know a coverage guy and then you know Derrick Henry's running on you. You don't have a Vince Williams in the box. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. Is what the Steelers again do with their linebackers. That's that's really for me the story for our the Steelers defense in the first four weeks is we're playing a lot of teams that put their tight ends in the slot, move them around, and have running backs that, that you know either catch passes or are named Derrick Henry. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of lot of pressure, a lot of stress on those linebackers, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers work in the younger guys as well. You know the. Marcus Allen and, and and Ulysses Gilbert the third, and how much Vince Williams can carry the load when teams are going to attack him and try and get him in matchups where he has to defend an athletic you know player. Uh, the other big matchup is that secondary versus Tannehill. Uh, it stood out to me looking at Tannehill's game log that that he didn't play well. Uh, he faced Denver once early in the season and he didn't play well against them. You know teams with those with strong safeties may have an advantage on him. He beat up a lot of, you know, not so great defenses. And uh, I think we could see our secondary versus Ryan Tannehill be a big, be a big storyline in this game to see, you know, is he legit? Is he going to be able to be smart and efficient with the ball against a top secondary? Or are we going to be able to turn him into a, just a run team? And if we can turn the, the Titans into a, into a, uh, the only the only the only thing working on their offense is Derrick Henry. Then all we need is Ben Roethlisberger to put up a few touchdowns, and it's over. Perfect. Now, Steelers are heading into this game three and zero, according to the two of us. Do they make it out four and zero? And I honestly couldn't tell you the last time they actually did start a year four and zero. But uh, is that possible? That is the Titans at home. Uh, I think this this is to me our first loss. Uh, I, I could definitely see the Steelers winning it, but going four and zero, like as much as as much as you can look at the team on paper and say, "Holy crap, this team could," you know, this team can beat anyone on that in the in that you know schedule until maybe you you know you split with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but in reality, Ben Roethlisberger is not going to start the season with four great games. Uh, there's going to be at least one game there where he doesn't play well. Uh, that's just Ben. And uh, it could be the tight. It could be the Titans. And if it is the Titans, then then we're not winning that game. If if you give the Titans, if they can get a lead, you know it's it's Derrick Henry all day, and and you don't want that. Right. And you know what? Um, maybe uh, maybe I'll be the house of positivity guy and say the Steelers are escaping with uh, with the f- four perfect slate four and zero. 
uh, start to the season. But um, final question I pose to you before we get out of here. Um, if the Steelers are to go 4-0, or r- really, what is it going to take for this team to start this year uh, a sterling 4-0 record? It's going to take the defense uh, being just as good as they were at the end of last season. That's the number one thing. Uh, when the when the Steelers had a defense that could keep the score tight when Ben Roethlisberger was playing poorly, he always came through at the end. Like uh, he would he would not be playing well, the defense would keep the game tight, and then Ben Roethlisberger would get his act together, and the Steelers would win the game. Um, also, all of our all of those trap games, all of those bad games where we lost to bad teams, they tend to coincide with Ben Roethlisberger not having a good game, and also our defense not being very good. So if the defense is is really good, then this they can do it. They can absolutely do it. Uh, another key factor would be they need somebody to show up on offense uh, that is is a little unexpected. I think. I think you need a, another player to show up. You know, we, we know we know we have good running backs. We know Juju is going to put up yards. We know Deontay Johnson is going to do good. If, if James Washington, Chase Claypool, uh, if Anthony McFarland, Eric Ebron is showing up and is really causing mismatches, uh, then, then yeah, we can go 4-0 definitely. Awesome. Now, is there anything else you want to plug before we head out? Uh, I'm doing a series on the website right now, behindthesteelcurtain.com, where I'm covering each position group. Uh, I'm covering a new one each day. I did uh, the offensive line. came out yesterday quarter uh, on what would be Tuesday uh, quarterbacks came out today. I had a whole spiel about Devlin Hodges. It got a lot of people fired up uh, and uh, I'm, I'm putting out the, uh, the running backs are coming out tomorrow. Uh, just breaking down the positions and also have links to some of the, the some of the film room work that I've done and that uh, uh, KT Smith has done and even Flip Fisher on quarterbacks. He's done a lot of quarterback film rooms. So just stuff that's on the site that's been interesting to me uh, and insightful for what you can expect at those positions. Links to that and also an overview of the position. Beautiful. Um, as we sign out here, I again, want to mention the Survivor League. Uh, you can compete against BTSC staff as, as well as uh, your your fellow uh uh, readers and listeners. So make sure you get on that for your chance to win a Marquise Pouncey signed football. Uh, for Jeffrey Benedict, I'm Michael Beck, uh, and you have been listening to Beck in Black. Next week, we are back at it uh, with uh, Know Your Enemy. So stay tuned for that. As always, it's great hanging out with you guys. Uh, have a great evening, and we'll see you next week.